Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number four of Talking Stock. Good to have you back with us. As you just heard our intro song, that was our boys over at Novus. Like I said, in the last few episodes, definitely go check them out. They've got some good content coming out, some good shirts. Definitely go check out their merch. But I'm Kyle. I'm here with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how you doing today? Doing pretty good after this past weekend. Another P2 for Kyle Bush. Some okay racing. Excited to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Another good finish for the eight group. Good to, good to get into it and talk about it. But it seems like a theme of the last couple of races, it seems like every time we get on here, we're talking about a dominating performance, whether it's Wilkesboro, Charlotte, and here we are at Sonoma. Martin Truex Jr., you can see he had a lot of potential all day. The Toyotas look good coming right out of the gate from qualifying, but man, what a what a dominant day for the 19 group of Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, got to feel good for the 19. Truex was guy last year, definitely was considering retirement after missing the playoffs. So definitely good to see him get his second win of the year in dominating fashion. Uh, pretty much halfway through, he took over and just didn't really look back. Pretty much all of stage three, that's all he needed. Once he got to the front, he was gone. Well, you know, I, I always mention as a Hamlin fan, I, I'm watching him the most during the race. And uh, it was pretty clear early on if you were just – I was listening to uh, PRN. Uh, I'm, I'm down here in the Outer Banks. Um, so I wasn't watching the beginning of the race. I had it on the radio. And, you know, as expected, I think with a lot of the races, if, you know, you just get out front with the clean air, you're going to lead for a while. And that's what's kind of the case with the 11. But, man, if you're listening to those guys on the PRN, it's just Trex kept knocking them down and knocking them down. And I think at one point it was a top five of six was all Gibbs cars. But it sounded like very early on that Martin was the best car, as it did turn out to be that. Certainly some more pit road mistakes from the 11 crew doesn't help. Um, but Martin looks really good. Um, certainly a team with champ championship four aspirations. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of Martin after last year. That was really a tough, tough year for him. I'm, I'm very excited to see him back in victory lane now twice this year and, uh, kind of an interesting race. Uh, I mean, we mentioned Martin dominating it, but it was certainly a race where if you're getting the restart, you can get it off on it. But other than that, you're not going to see too much passing out there. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of passing. I think last week we talked a little bit about the no stage breaks. Um, I, coming into this week, was definitely a fan of no stage breaks. After watching this race, maybe throwing those stage cautions to to bunch up the field and maybe make it a little more competitive racing might might be the best move. Maybe trying something different. I know, I believe right now they close pit road with two laps remaining, um, which allows you to pit with like that three to go and kind of flip the strategy uh, before the end of the stage, but maybe something like closing it with like five laps to go to prevent that, that strategy from pinning early and then starting stage two or three from the lead after being middle of the pack. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's just, everything got so spread out, um, but that's how those races are going to go. When you don't have this with the stage breaks, um, you're just going to strategy is going to play a factor. Um, lack of natural cautions is going to play a factor. And for the most part, NASCAR kept it pretty green, even when there was some contact guys spinning. So, I mean, that's just kind of the byproduct of that. I didn't mind it because it didn't turn into just a ridiculous Rex 
fest. Like I feel like we saw pretty much every time out at a road course last year where everybody's dive bombing going into the final, or I'm sorry, the first turn of, of the final lap. So um, like, like we have here uh, on the no card, it's just a meh, meh race. Um, yeah. Very can't really, meh. Can't really go any more than that. You talk a little bit about uh, strategy coming out. Um, we saw some teams kind of hitting early, still within that pit window. Definitely play it, paid off for some, didn't pay off for as many. Uh, I know Kyle Busch was able to to get himself to the lead, take stage two there uh, after the only caution, I believe, that wasn't the only only caution. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they blew one for the for the eleven. The eleven the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Kyle was able to benefit from that, um, hold himself really as a as a playoff or championship contender. Uh, P2 and track that maybe we aren't expecting him to, to run so well at. Yeah. I, I think if there's two things that come out of this race, um, other than, you know, maybe saying, man, I wish we'd go to less road courses, but that might just be me. But the two biggest things is I think that Martin Shrex Jr. Looks like he might be the best Toyota team. Uh, that, that 19 group looks really solid. And then I think after last week, you're like, okay, you know, good win for Kyle Bush, but to come back out, follow it with a P2, um, they really are are doing well over uh, at RCR. I think shining a pretty negative light on Austin Dillon because with Randall Burnett, this is a team that's very, very solid. They have one of the best drivers of all time behind the wheel. I think a lot of people thought it might take longer than it would, or or it, I'm sorry, it has at this point. But I think that at, right now that eight group is a championship contender and you have a tough time telling me otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another championship contender maybe didn't have as great of a week uh, this week, but Ryan Blaney saw some interesting antics at the end of the race there. I think he got, in his words, dumped by Michael McDowell. Curious to hear your thoughts or your takes on on that situation there, Kyle. Well, I think that that's just going to be a product of the racing on a track like that. Um, Obviously, especially the second spin for for Blaney there, that was just circumstance. I, I think that was Briscoe that got into him. Um, just a, just a rough day all around for Ryan Blaney, but I will say I respected the fight getting up there in the top five in the end, uh, holding, holding on as hard as he could until things kind of went awry there with McDowell. But, um, like, I, I, like I said before, I think I just a product of the racing and, uh, you know, not much you can really change to that. I mean, I think McDowell was on the receiving end of that with Gibbs at Wilkesboro. So, you know, what goes around comes back around. It's a, it's a cyclical thing. Not, not that Gibbs was involved, but. No, absolutely. But speaking of Michael McDowell, I think he's running 19th in points right now. So having kind of a sneaky, decent season uh, could potentially uh, point his way into the playoffs, if you will, depending on how many winners we get here. And then there's also some some uh, super speedways coming up that he's always run well at and can maybe get a win there and get himself into into the playoffs. Yeah, that, that 34 group is always pretty consistently underrated, that, and you certainly can't count them out um, for a road course top finish or uh, a super speedway top finish. Obviously, a Daytona 500 winner. Michael's a really good driver. That's a team that's made strides. I don't think quite as much as the Ricky Stenhouse group um, over uh, over there, JTG. But um, I think with the next-gen car, they're getting the achieved parity that they wanted. Um for better or worse, I think overall it's a good thing. I think you see a little bit of a step back to the major teams, but I think slowly they're finding the advantages they once had just because of you know financial benefit. But 
Um, that 34 group can't count them out. I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see them ring one up at a super speedway. So uh, I like Michael. Uh, I feel like he's a driver that could have used a better chance to, to get on a bigger team than he has, but um, you know, certainly a talented race car driver. Absolutely. Uh, a guy I was kind of rooting through for throughout the day. I never got himself up to the lead with uh, Truex pretty much dominating, but it was good to see him uh, another top 10 finish for that team. Overall, though, very meh race, but we uh, we have some predictions, and our predictions were also very meh, but possibly even below meh this week. Yeah, um, I don't think we even lived up to the racing that we saw, um, but I think the biggest surprise in all this, before I get into what the, predict- the picks actually are, um, I just don't think that anybody saw the f- this raw speed coming out of the Toyota group between 2311 and Joe Gibbs. They were fast. Seeing a, as a Denny fan, seeing him come out and ring up a pole, I was very, very surprised. I mean, this was a race that I was kind of writing off in my head that, man, it'd be nice if, if we just finished in the top 15 with how the last couple of years have gone. Um, and I think that our, our picks reflected that. Obviously, you picked Tyler Reddick to win, but he's been so successful on the road course as a matter of the manufacturer that that shouldn't be surprising. But everyone else that we picked last week was a Chevy. The Chevy is not that they didn't really show up, but they didn't show up the way that the Toyotas did, uh, certainly in qualifying and then strategy and on-track incidents change it over the course of things. But um, I'll get into the picks here in a second. But I think that the Toyotas bringing the speed the way they did definitely skewed our picks. But for last week, we had uh, the winners of Larson and Reddick. Uh, Larson was my winner. Reddick was Trey's. Um, Trace top five, three of five would be Reddick Suarez and the Dinger. The Dinger finished six, though, but close, but no cigar for AJ Allmendinger for Trey as far as points. So Trey was blank this week, which was to my delight and gave me an opportunity to make a pretty good comeback in the point standings. But unfortunately, I did not at all capitalize on that, not getting anything out of Kyle Larson or William Byron. But Chase Elliott did drive, uh, I think, very motivated in his return back. Um, I think uh, Chase is going to get back on track here soon, get back with the road course vibe, but finishes fifth. So he, he rings me up a point season standings now go four to one in favor of Trey. Trey, what do you have to say for yourself? A commanding lead at the moment. Feels good, but job's not finished. I certainly have missed some opportunities here to really pull ahead as your uh, first, I guess it's three weeks of predictions now have not been particularly great, um, but I can't, can't say that mine have been either. So Interested to see where the season goes. Uh, Going to keep picking. Eventually, we'll pick the, the right winner. Haven't seen. Yeah, that I'm yet. hoping so. I really thought I had one with Larson. I, I was really. I was thinking that was for sure five points. I was like, I was like, bang. Yeah, I mean, he definitely looked great. Definitely looked great in uh, practice. But then we got into qualifying, and it was just gone. And the Toyotas just took off from there. Definitely had some Chevys in the top ten, some Fords in the top ten. I think there was only maybe two Toyotas that actually finished in the top 10, but uh, with, with Truex winning, and I think Bell finished ninth maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, they they had the dominant class to at least start the day. and Yeah. Well, I would say maybe the most impressive Chevy on a road course this weekend wasn't even the United States. It was over in, uh, in our friends in France, Le Mans. Um, so NASCAR going global. What's your thought on, thoughts on that, Trey? They did pretty well, better than I thought they would do, actually. Not too many issues. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit, Kyle, that neither one of us know a ton about Lamar. 
So it was one of those things I was kind of learning as as we went along and following it along on Twitter. Uh, but it seemed like the the Hendrick Carr uh, Garage Fifty Six really uh, held its own out there. Held it uh, punched above its weight class. Was finished thirty ninth maybe. Uh, but yeah, definitely goes global. Shows the rest of the world what stock car racing is all about, uh, and hopefully diversify our following. For sure. And I think, you know, the the just turn left shtick that the Europeans like to put on NASCAR, um, you know, they obviously saw that this car could go out there and compete in the, I believe it was the GT class. I believe so, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it went out there, it held its own. Um, I mean, was it, was it Ferrari? No, but I thought it was a very good showing. Um, and I think that it could certainly attract more viewership to the sport. I mean, just the fact that it looked damn cool. It looked, it sounded damn cool coming through. Um, and that's just different. If you're a racing fan, I mean, I don't really allocate the time um, to watch Formula One. I, I vaguely follow it. I'm not really into it, even at a mediocre level. But as a fan of racing, I'm always keeping tabs on what's going on in IndyCar and Formula One. Uh, and, and I hold no bias against anything else. I just grew up on soft car racing. That's where I, what I like to watch on a Sunday. Um, but a lot of people really do hold some serious prejudices over NASCAR, uh, especially in Europe. They kind of delegitimize it and, uh, you know, leave it for the Yanks. But I think this could certainly bring some more people to the sport. I thought that was a really cool showing. Yeah, certainly a cool showing, but possibly an advantage for that Hendrick club, that Hendrick team there. Maybe next year I'd like to see Ford and a Toyota also competing. Uh, they were definitely, even if it wasn't directly they were indirectly able to test some different things out and see how some different things could hold up. Uh, I think it was 22 hours before we saw really any issues on that car. So definitely some data points that the Hendrick team and probably all of Chevy could could pull from to help them moving through with this next-gen car. Sure, sure. And I definitely would like to know if there's going to be some transparency on what might have been discovered. Um, because with Na uh, with NASCAR putting a lot of emphasis on road course racing, um, any advantage that you can find for yourself on, you know, that's a series of tracks we visit, what, probably five or six times a year. Um, I mean, that's that's a pretty legit advantage because you're going to be workshopping a couple of different setups. So I'd be interested if there was anything new that came out of the Garage 56 project, because I know it wasn't, I hate to use the phrase stock, but it wasn't a stock next gen car. It was a you know, uh, slightly modified to run them on. So I, I I don't know how much they might right. have gained, but if there's anything that can be directly correlated to a gain from this project, it should absolutely be shared with not only the other Chevy teams, but the Ford and Toyota teams as well. Yeah, definitely would be interested to see what comes from that. And hopefully that there is some, some transparency there, because I know when this project got announced, uh, there was definitely some upset uh, spectators to see the quote unquote golden child Hendrick Motorsports uh getting another advantage and kind of going around yeah, yeah. and, and testing I, I would agree that I wasn't a huge fan of Hendrick uh being kind of just unanimously selected by nobody. <laughs> you know, like it was just gonna be Hendrick. Um but I'm glad that NASCAR was involved though. Um you know I mean I have really nothing against Hendrick. I don't think that the process was necessarily fair or transparent because it was just one day we're we're going to Le Mans. Um, but I think that it's really overall great for the sport. So I won't really complain about it too much. If I was a Hendrick fan, I'm sure I'd love it. So I think overall it's a net good for the sport, but 
you know, it it, uh, it was something that added to the weekend. Obviously, a super historic race. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, kind of trending back to NASCAR. I know that we already mentioned it on last week's show, but obviously this last weekend at Sonoma was the last week of Fox for the year. I know that there's a lot of people that are super happy about that. I'm definitely on the on the side of being pretty happy about it. Um, I'm excited to see uh, see him go over to NBC. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, certainly. I think we saw it again this weekend that Fox doesn't necessarily have the best coverage. I think that some of the personalities that they have are great, um, but sometimes they can be conflicting as well as talking about one thing, showing another. Um, and with a race that maybe wasn't the most exciting, that can really hinder it because any type of excitement, I think, kind of got pushed over and we didn't see really any of it at all. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um but I'm excited to see what NBC brings to the table. They always put on a really good show. I'm anxious to get back racing after the bye week. I'm sure everybody could use the time off. I'll be in the mountains, so I wouldn't have been able to watch anyway. So it is well-timed for me, but I'm ready to get back to the racing. Uh, it's going to be a really exciting second half. I can't wait for it. Um, that being said, even though there's no race, we're going to be putting out some content next week. So please stay tuned for the Thursday after our next show. So we will be still putting something out even during the bye week. And we'll put a special announcement out early next week on what exactly that will look like. But as always, be sure to check us out on our social channel. We're mainly active on Twitter. We are at Talking Stock Pod. We put our links out there for you guys to listen to the show. We love to interact with you guys there. Our DMs are always open, so don't be afraid to let us know who you're rooting for, where you're rooting from, what your thoughts on the race were, and just engage with us. And you know, we can feature what you guys are thinking on the show. But with that, enjoy the off weekend. Thanks for tuning in.